Hello, everybody. I'm bringing you this short podcast and videocast to talk about our 72 hours of prayer and fasting. We've scheduled this for the 4th, 5th, and 6th of September. And the proposal is that we do 72 hours nonstop prayer and everything will be directed from a Zoom room. I don't have to join the Zoom room if you prefer to pray on your own, but I'll have leaders stationed every two hours throughout the night for 72 hours, and you can come in uh, as you wish and as you please. Uh, so today, what I want to do is explain a little bit about some of our fasting guidelines so that you will know about it and you can make your own decisions. But before I do that, I want to share with you the background to this call to prayer and fasting. Since we've been into lockdown, there's been an unprecedented outpouring of prayer. No doubt in my mind, Kensington Temple London City Church has been virtually 24-7 on prayer alert. It has happened through lots of different groups. Some of the primary cell leaders have called their generation of cells and cell leaders to prayer. We've had various groups within the church who are grouping, have been grouping together to pray and not necessarily directly linked to a primary leader. Amanda has, my wife has been doing that. I've been doing it also with the men. But on top of that, we've had very strong Wednesday evening prayer meetings and much prayer also in the cell groups. And in addition to that, various leaders across the LCC network have been praying, praying with so much fervor. And uh, LCC North have had constant prayer, prayer for Kensington Temple, prayer for LCC North Network, and then also LCC South. But there is something special when the Holy Spirit prompts the senior leader to call the entire church and whole London City Church network to prayer and fasting. I've been sharing over recent days how I don't do that like lightly. I don't do it simply because somebody says you ought to do it. I don't do it simply because it might be judged to be the right thing to do or the spiritual thing to do. I, in my own personal life, my fasting is linked to the Holy Spirit's prompting. And there's been times and seasons where the Holy Spirit has prompted me to fast on various occasions in a regular systematic way. Sometimes it's shorter fast, sometimes it's a longer fast. And the whole point about fasting is that you, you can't use fasting as a, as a way to twist God's arm, as if you're going on hunger strike is going to impress God in heaven and he's going to give you what you want. No, it doesn't work that way. But when fasting is prompted by the Holy Spirit and is in line with biblical principles, and especially as we hear from God what we are praying about and what we are fasting about and add fasting to our prayer and intercession, then it becomes very, very powerful. And if it is in the spirit, you will discover that fasting rightly done can supercharge your prayers.
So I waited on the Lord for a considerable period of time and I was prompted for three days prayer and fasting and then confirmation came in and various leaders were sharing how they felt, let's make that a uh, 24-7, like three days, so seven to two hours of continuous prayer. And also the idea of linking together in the Zoom room to do that. And so I will have leaders in charge of two-hour slots, and each of those hour slots will have specific prayer lines that will be researched. In a moment, I'm going to share with you the general prayer lines for the first 24 hours, the second 24 hours, and the third 24 hours. Before I do that, what I want to do is to let you know about our basic guidelines and teaching concerning fasting. Fasting in the Bible really uh, demonstrates two things, a kind of sorrow and mourning. And there are many things which would cause us to go into spiritual mourning and come before the Lord during times of serious crises, such as what we're facing as a nation with coronavirus. And of course, the pandemic touches many nations. So it is seriousness with God, and there's something else as well. There is a a way at times when we can demonstrate to God our deep sorrow for how we have failed him, not to put ourselves into condemnation, Not, not talking about that. You know, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But, you know, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, You will learn to grieve over the things that God grieves over. And there's so much in our society, in our nation, and perhaps even in our own lives that will call us to approach God like this. So it really is serious business. So one or two guidelines. First of all, you can fast in a a, what I would call a regular fast, okay? A regular fast basically means you, you refrain from eating all food, Now, you do need to keep your fluids up. I know that there is such a thing as an Esther fast, three days and three nights without food and water, but I really do not advise you to go without water for any length of time. The body needs it. and So uh, my regular fast is usually uh, going without food, but but taking a lot of liquid uh, and uh, water. Now, some people like to do that with juice. Some people like to do that with uh, you know, maybe a little bit of soup. But now, this is not a legalistic thing that you can have no nutrition past your lips. It is what the Holy Spirit prompts you, what you're comfortable with. So that's the regular fast. Then we have what we call the Daniel fast. If you remember Daniel, he ate only fruit and vegetables, um, and he, he, he did not have choice food or any other uh, kind of liquid. I mean, uh, they were wine drinkers. He wouldn't take any wine during that particular uh, time. A Daniel fast, and it's very powerful. Uh, the Daniel fast was, was usually for three weeks, but you could yourself uh, say, uh, if you feel the Holy Spirit's leading you in that direction, to say, okay, 
I'm just going to eat lightly. I'm going to eat some fruit and some vegetables lightly. Um, and if, if you're doing what the Spirit's prompting you to do, it is as powerful as you went on some of the more extreme versions of fasting. There's also another way of a daytime fast. So you might say, okay, throughout the day, I'm, I'm not going to eat anything. You say, well, <laughs> I'd like to do a nighttime fast. Well, all right, but do you get up in the middle of the night and have something to eat? Maybe you do. When I'm jet lagged, sometimes I do that. But, you know, it's, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to have a meal in the evening, but I'm going to go without food during the daytime, like from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. or from sunup to sundown. And uh, you can, even for this daytime fast, you can select different ways of fasting. The full fast or the Daniel fast or just saying, I'm going to take out one particular thing. Then there is the partial fast. Uh, and this usually means that you will omit a specific meal from your daily diet, or you might say, I'm going to refrain from certain types of foods. Now, this is not about being legalistic and and, and trying to prescribe for people. I'm just showing you how flexible it can be when you're truly led by the Holy Spirit. Then there are those for whom it is not advisable to go on any food abstaining fast. But there are other things that you can fast from, not just food. And we might call this a non-dietary fast. So it's not fasting from anything from your uh, food diet, you are going to refrain from something else. It might be television or it might be any other activity that you might regularly do. And, and by the way, in all of this, I find there's very little benefit to be gained just by fasting. The time that you save from shopping, cooking, eating, preparing the food should be turned over to the Lord in prayer and intercession as such. Now, that's just a few guidelines. So most important of all, you, you should discuss with others and, and go through what you feel God is saying to you personally. But I do make it very, very clear. Please do not fast if you have a medical condition without first consulting with your doctor, all right? So that's a very important uh, thing that you need to bear in mind. All right. Now, <laughs> I'm smiling a little bit because I, I know for many of you, you're, you're sort of yawning and saying, oh, you know, get on with it. We know all this stuff. But I'm encouraging people who've never stepped out in the direction of fasting um, and encourage you to, to do it as the Holy Spirit leads you to do it. And uh, this has been something that I've experienced uh, from the very early days of my coming to Christ. And I have, or I can give testimonies of tremendous blessings, revelation, answer to prayer, intimacy with God, and so many things that have come out of prayer with fasting. But I got to say, only as the Holy Spirit leads you, Okay. So nobody should prescribe it for you. And in calling you to fast, I am not telling you have to do this or that or anything. I'm calling the whole church together to pray and fast. Now, when we pray,
pray and fast together. It's important that we work according to the unity of the Holy Spirit, the direction of the Holy Spirit. So um, I don't know if you've been in a prayer group or prayer meetings where there's no direction. So everybody's praying. Usually they're closing their eyes, speaking in tongues, which has some value. But when you really are wanting to focus and pray together, you must follow a prayer line which comes from the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Very often that prayer line can be taken from Scripture. Uh, in other words, there's a scripture, a verse, or a passage, or a principle, or a situation from the Bible which resonates with you and the Holy Spirit concerning your situation. And uh, where there isn't this kind of discipline and unity in prayer, I, I, I find those prayer times are not very effective. You know, somebody stands up and prays about this and somebody prays about that and somebody prays about something else and then somebody prays about something else. I suppose it's valuable, but when you, when you really want to make progress, you have to focus and line up with the Spirit's direction. I don't want to make this uh, too intense time of teaching about prayer and fasting, but one of the things to remember is that prayer is always you praying what you believe God is saying that you should pray. All intercession takes place in the heavenlies. It begins with Jesus Christ, the intercessor, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, and the intercessor, the Holy Spirit in our heart, and the intercessor on the throne is in touch with the intercessor in your heart. And so it is about sensitivity to the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. And before I get to some specific scriptures, this is how it kind of works. You see, I'm shaping my hands into a kind of arrowhead, arrowhead, a, a, a focus. And so the basic prayer line is the basic thrust, the thrust of the, of the Spirit. And I'm going to give you three basic thrusts that we'll be focusing on on the 4th, the 5th, and the 6th of September over three successive 24-hour periods. Now then, uh, the basic thrust is enough to carry you through. The scriptures that I'm about to share with you will give you more than enough prayer fuel for at least 72 hours and more. But you don't have to stick just with the major thrust. Uh, you, you, you stick with the principle, you stick with the thrust of that message, but you go down to specifics. And I've asked people, uh, various leaders, to prepare some specific prayer lines which arise out of the three scriptures that I'm about to give you. And these scriptures are the directional scriptures that come I believe, from the Lord so that we can be praying together in unity, sharing together, standing together with one voice, with one mouth, praying and seeking God together. And that kind of unity, that kind of spiritual agreement, that kind of flowing together is very, very powerful. Okay, so let's get down now to the three scriptures. The first theme 
for the first 24 hours is drawing nearer to God. And the major scripture, the major prayer line, the major thrust of that first 24 hours is Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2 particularly, but I'm going to read to verse 4. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. Why, they say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. So the theme is drawing nearer to God. And some of the specifics that will come out of that is walking in repentance, humility, asking God for his mercy and grace, asking God to draw us closer to himself, entering into new levels of intimacy, or uh, sorting out what God is saying to us, reflecting in his presence, asking him for a move of the Holy Spirit in which he manifests his presence amongst us. In some of our recent prayer meetings, we've had a tremendous sense of God's presence and everybody is testifying to experiencing God's presence in a new way. And I believe that when we come back after lockdown in the full, uh, um, uh, uh, the full gatherings again, we are going to come into a new period, a new time of spiritual intimacy and worship and holiness. Right. The second scriptural theme, which will be the 5th of September, the second 24 hours, is aligning with the cell vision of Kensington Temple, London City Church. And there is a prayer line for this. It's one verse, very simple. Uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 19, Paul is testifying to King Agrippa in one of his uh, testimonials during a trial. And he says, therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So the second 24 hours, we will be self-consciously focusing on the call of God upon us as a church. And these will be unpacked with specifics. So, for example, we're called to be an effective disciple-making center. We are called to be a light shining in a dark place. We are called to operate according to the principle of 12 and in a cell vision with cell groups. And this is for the whole of the church. This is the vision of the church that we join together, disciple one another in small groups and reach out to the lost in small groups. And there is a lot of restoration in this area. Over the last 18 months to two years, I have seen a huge slippage in this area and we need to refresh our minds and hear again the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you'll probably hear the testimony of how with three years we waited on the Lord from 1997 to the year 2000 as we began to experience some of this cell model that was birthed in Bogota, Colombia and how we adopted that vision and how we heard God together. And it was not something 
something that was just taken off the shelf from another country. We believe that God birthed it here now 20 years ago, and that is not done yet. This is, we are a cell church, and we need to focus on that, and the cell vision comes first. Everything else is secondary, the cell vision and the Sunday celebration services. So we'll be focusing on that. And then finally, we have uh, reaching the lost. That is the last 24 hours. And here is a beautiful prayer line, Isaiah 60, verse 18. Violence shall no more be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Powerful prayer line. It is about the lost to cry out to God to save men and women, our friends, our family, to, to cause his spirit to fall upon the lost, the unsaved, and to pray in the gangsters, to pray in those who are the criminals, to pray in the up and out, to pray in the down and out, and to have an absolute breakthrough in the harvest that God has for us and to see if we can bring about by waiting on the Lord, the, the, the manifestation of the spirit of evangelism, conviction of sin, and to see the church grow as we win the lost and disciple them in the faith. So here we have it. Those are the three basic prayer lines. And what we will do is break them down into the specifics and they'll be up online. And so whenever you're praying, you can go to that particular hour and check to see what the prayer lines are or join in the Zoom room where two hours will be covered at once uh, in the same way. Now, all that remains is for you to register, to sign up for this prayer rota. Um, and to do that, you several ways of doing it, but the best way is to go online and you can register there. And every hour is already covered, but we want more and more people to join in, especially in the, some of the, you know, the sleepier times of the night. <laughs> That's a challenge for some people, I know, uh, but still, uh, it, register in that way. And you, you, your name won't appear on the registration, but what will appear is just uh, uh, an added number, say there were five for that particular hour, you register, it will show there are six people praying. So you can just go around and have a look as to where you might wish to add your particular weight and share together. And so we'll have the Sunday services as usual. And I believe there'll be people praying throughout all of that time. And uh, it's going to be a really, really great time. And I'm looking forward, not just to that prayer time, but to the fruits that we shall see as we move on into the program God has for us and the manifestations of his spirit on into the autumn. So God bless you. Let's be prepared and let's take it all the way through. Amen.